In today's episode, I talked to Andrew, aka iRacer77. Andrew found himself in the middle of a really large controversy on Top Shot Twitter when he not only hit the Suns VIP experience on Finals Game 5, but he also hit the number one serial, Chris Paul, the next day. He talks about how he dealt with the controversy. He also talks about his time as an early Top Shot adopter. And he talks about his crypto and NFT strategy, among other things, including a special community question. So let's dive right into it. Okay, so let's bring in Andrew, aka iRacer, right now. Hey, what's up, Andrew? Thank you for taking the time today. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that the you know your story definitely grabbed my attention, and I think grabbed uh, Top Shot Twitter's attention. And so I'm glad you could come here and just chat a little bit. I think you've had some really interesting experiences, both good and bad. Um, you know, you, you had some um, unbelievable luck and you also yeah. have a cool, cool contest that you're running right now. And so I want to touch on a bunch of this stuff. And you are also one of the early adopters. And so I love hearing about how early adopters got involved and why they took that leap of faith. So why don't we start there? Tell me about your initial entry into Top Shot and why you decided to kind of ape in the way that you did? Well, so my story is like everyone else's really. Um, I was on the, the Dapper email list for, you know, joining CryptoKitties when that came out. Um, so I got an email, uh, I think it was like July of 2019. So this was, you know, a year before it, it ever became a thing. So I got an email about how Top Shot's going to be like, the currency, the fandom currency, essentially, and the, like the new new age of collecting or whatever. So I joined their waiting list, and I'm a huge collector. Like I, I have Pokemon cards, I collect other sports memorabilia, and I'm a huge crypto guy. So like the merging of these two things together for me was like a match made in heaven. Like I, there was no chance that I wasn't going to be buying this stuff. Hmm. So I was like checking my email, like all the time, making sure that I didn't miss anything. So I signed up for their, their email list. Um, and then I finally got an email in mid-July of 2020. So basically a year later saying, you know, hey, early access, you, you've been invited to the early beta or whatever of Top Shot. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is this is really exciting. And I had no idea what, what was going on either. Like I didn't know what moments looked like or the, how the process worked or anything like that. Um, so I joined, or I, I signed up, and I went into the Discord basically at the same time. And that's where I met Usman and a couple of the other earlier Top Shot guys. And the rest is history, really. Like, I, I think when I joined, the only packs that were available were with the Strip and the early access, uh, yeah, the early adopter packs or whatever they were called. Yeah. Um, and, like... They, they had the packs that had already sold before that. And I was like, oh, wow, they had like legendaries and all this other stuff. Um, so I was a little bit bummed about that. But yeah, I, I bought one with the strip pack and I was hooked like immediately. Like, I don't remember what I pulled exactly, but yeah, I bought one of those. And then I bought like 20 more after that. And I just kept I just kept buying more. And then I ran out of my like disposable crypto. So that's where I stopped. Um 
yeah, it, it, that's basically it, really. And I wish I had more crypto to spend because I, you know, probably would have had a lot of cool stuff. But that's cool. Yeah. Um, so you just kept buying because of how much fun it was to rip a pack, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there was no marketplace. There was no challenges yet. Even like it was just collect. Like it was just like going to the store and buying packs of cards. You know. So yeah, it, it was just. It was addicting. It was a rush. Like the, the whole serial number thing and like trying to find number ones and jerseys, like all of that like clicked immediately in my head. I was like, this is crazy. It's a licensed NBA product and there's only a couple hundred of us doing this. I, like this, there's no way that this doesn't become popular in the future. And we were all saying that back then. So we didn't expect it to blow up like it did so quickly. But yeah, it was inevitable for sure. They built yeah. a, an insane product, and we all love it. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm actually curious though. You said you collect Pokemon. Do you have any of those yeah. um, Charizards that are so so I have sought after? One uh, base set Hollow Charizard. It's not in the best shape, um, but I actually bought it like last year. Like I, I don't really have anything from my childhood. Um, I'm trying to put together. Uh, like a picture frame of all the original Pokemon cards and like hang it up somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I'm actually really excited for the the 25th anniversary set that comes out in October. I'll probably buy a good amount of those packs, but um, yeah, I had them as a kid and obviously it blew up last year. So I, you know, I aped into that again. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so you got in early and what about during this how the market went up and came back down. Um, what was your market activity like during that time? Were you like selling off a bunch? Were you holding Dapper? And how were you feeling as it as we were in this last five months of bear market? Um, so I started tracking my uh, account activity on January 1st. Um, so it was worth like 10 grand at the time. And I tracked it day over day at midnight every day. Mm -hmm. um, once the like the user like the site started slowing down and more people were coming in, like I noticed a, a nice slow increase and it was kind of like what we're seeing right now. Um, so I sold a few things just because like the amount that some of these moments were worth, it, it just made sense for me to sell some of them. Um, so I think we saw our first like peak or whatever in late January, and then it kind of took a dive in, in the beginning of February. And, and then all of a sudden, like the end of February or the, like mid to late February, my account 10 X in like, like three days. Yeah. So I sold some stuff, but like, I don't know. I, I, I felt that there was more room to grow because of the amount of people on top shot. Like there's only like 200,000 or so at the time. And, and again, I, I, you know, was buying those moments last year. I wasn't really expecting to make a lot of money from them. I just like to collect them. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go crazy selling them because I have a much, um, like, more bullish view for the next five to ten years. So I, I've kept most of them. Uh, I probably sold, I don't know, like 10% of my actual account value at the time. And then I spent probably half of that buying moments again in like March. So I, uh, my like account value right now compared to my marketplace spend is like a two or three X 
or something like that. Um, so my ROI isn't that high, but because I only put in like 10 grand in the beginning, it, it is much higher, like actually, but um, yeah, I wasn't really buying all that much during the, like the bear market. Um, I knew, like I was telling people that I was trying to get into Top Shot in like late January and February, like this, this pump that we saw that this is not sustainable. This isn't going to last. Um, so the people who did join, I basically just said, you know, just try to get packs because these moments like, yeah, they're really awesome and they're cool collectibles or whatever, but they're not going to keep their value in the short term. So I, I got like, like five or six people into top shot and they basically just bought packs because there's no sense in buying these moments at, at the high. And I, I, you know, I feel really bad for the people that got sucked in at the end of February because they didn't know, like they weren't here for the last six, seven months. Like, you know, it, it obviously you got to do your own research when you buy stuff, but I, I probably like, if I didn't know about top shot, and I joined in February, I probably would have done the same thing that everyone else did and just kept buying them because, you know, this it is what it is. It, they're awesome and you want them, but yeah. yeah. They're definitely hyperinflated for sure. Well, that was actually my experience, funny enough. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that, so. that, that's true for the majority of collectors, right? Because the amount of users that we, that we saw joining were, you know, all buying at the peak. So it yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does. But uh, as I've said before, it definitely says something about how addicting and engaging and how valuable like the Top Shot community is, because I had that I had that um, I had that experience, but I'm still as like entertained and enjoy Top Shot as much as ever, like creating content regularly and such. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've watched some of your videos. It's good stuff for sure. Thank you. And how do you feel about the more recent pump or not pump, but trend reversal? Well, how are, yeah, how are you feeling I, about it? I think it's much more sustainable, right? Um, the moments that are increasing in value are like the grail moments of Top Shot, like the yeah. LeBron tribute, the hollows, the cool cat set. Um, and I think people are realizing Top Shot is, you know, delivering on what they promised in the beginning. Um, I remember when Roham came into the Discord, you know, July, August last year and was saying how, you know, they want to include in real life utility. Like if you have a certain amount of moments, you should be, you know, you should get special treatment at NBA games, yada, yada, yada. So and that was also another reason why I kept buying packs because I wanted to get the magic moments because I'm a huge magic fan. I go to all the games. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And now that people are seeing this play out, they're like, oh, OK. I'm going to start buying again. Uh, so you see everyone completing their team sets, which I think is amazing. Um, the cool cats, nine lives lounge that like that blew me away when they sent the, the blog out and the emails that, you know, you're going to get your own infinite object. You're going to be able to, you know, be entered into giveaways. You get to talk with the, the heads of Dapper. Like I, I got to do that a little bit already as a mod, but, for everyone else that hasn't had that chance to, you know, sit down and talk with these people and, you know, share their ideas like that, that's priceless. And, um, I really think that, you know, the cool cats nine lives lounge will be a very sought after set. Like, I, I think, I think the lamellos that are selling for like four or five grand now are going to be more valuable than that in the future. 
Okay, that's a, that's a hot take right there. Not not financial advice, of course. No. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, very cool, very good. I'm glad you got that from you. Um, I want to hear about this contest you're running. I saw it on mm. Twitter the other day. You hit like a 70 foot running jumper uh, it, it, to to copy that Markel Fultz, a little doggy cat tail over there. That's a cat, yeah. <laughs> For, I wasn't sure it was a dog or a cat, but that's a cat. I can yeah. I used to see it, so. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So tell me what, why you, why you started this contest and just what was your motivation behind it? Yeah. So, you know, top shot was in a bad spot, like right like, during the NBA playoffs, really like everyone was expecting like Dapper to do some cool stuff like they're doing now during the playoffs. Um, they did for the you know finals, but like everyone was super sad and like the, you just saw their t- account tanking and oh, I was yeah. like, okay, um, I didn't expect there to be much going on in the off season, to be honest, like it shocked me with all the things that have come out. So I was trying to think of an idea to like keep the community engaged a little bit and, you know, I could do some giveaways or whatever. And it came to me like, you know, there's a lot of us talking basketball and collecting basketball collectibles and all this stuff, but I hadn't seen anybody like, you know, playing or doing anything basketball related, like in real life. Um, so, the idea was just, you know, I'll do these videos of, you know, doing like certain like shots or whatever. And if people can like win moments from them, maybe they'll submit their own clips as well. So for the first week, um, I did a, like a mid range contest, or whatever I took, you, you had like a minute to shoot as many jump shots from 19 feet away. Um, and, like I, I, I uploaded myself doing it just because, you know, I wanted people to see like what it was supposed to look like. Um, I wasn't expecting anyone to like go out and try to beat me or whatever, but somebody did. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. I got like five uh, entries in that and they got some cool moments out of it. Right. So yeah, it was just uh, something that I thought of because I didn't expect there to be much going on. So it was just something for the community to do. Um, and this second one has been really fun so far. Um, it was the like the circus shot edition of Top Shot Shootout. Uh, so one of my favorite moments on the platform is the Markel Fultz three-quarter buzzer beater from the bubble. Uh, so I thought it'd be really fun if I could somehow make a shot from the same distance, more or less. And I you know shot the video of that. I overlaid the audio from the game on top of it. So that was really fun. Um, and again, I'm giving away, you know, a, Le- a LeBron no look three, uh, Paul George's top shot debut, which is like the cool behind the backboard shot that he did, and a, a Markel Fultz uh, three quarter buzzer beater. So I've gotten some really really cool entries so far. Like the first guy to submit a clip was some dude in Israel who did a freaking like LeBron James Kobe tribute style shot from like half court. Like that's nuts. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, the idea, like I said, is just to get the community engaged and you know give them something to do during the off season. And it's been really fun so far. So looking yeah. forward to more clips. Yeah, I, I hope to send you one as well. When when is the cutoff? Yeah, so August thirteenth, eleven to submit the clip, and then uh, once everyone submits, I'll have a a poll somewhere that the people can vote on. That'll be open for like 24 hours. Very cool. um, yeah. If you want to do it, you have like a day and a half. 
Okay. But I got to think of a circus shot. I'm, I don't know what circus shot to try, but I got to think of one. Yeah. You know, and I have a hoop in my driveway, obviously. So that's, you know, I, I, I mess around and try funny stuff all the time. So um, I, I just assume other people did the same thing. And that's kind of where that whole, whole idea went. So it was very, very cool. And, and I think we're seeing that as well. We're seeing a lot of people in the community just come up with ideas to engage. Mm -hmm. and, in yeah. some, and in some ways, I mean, like I put on streams and I make videos and, you know, in some ways I'm also there to engage as well. And, and what's interesting too, is when you, when you talked about how you got motivated during this really low point, that's actually mm -hmm. when I released my first video. Was is that, that was right? On, yeah. I was on Twitter. It was the day after the finals ended. And the sentiment was just so low. And some of the biggest yeah. like top shot bulls were like, we need rake back right now, or this, this thing is going down. And I was like, this is just something wrong here. Like I need to, I want to put content out there too. And I want to try to like kind of straddle the middle line and, and just try to get the word out. And it's become its own, it's kind of taken on a life of its own and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, well done with all that. And yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was some dark times for sure. And, <laughs> Thank God for, you know, these other NFTs that have come out because it's kept a lot of us distracted. I know. And, uh, you know, now that Top Shot is starting to do his thing again, we're all coming back. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so speaking of dark times, I mean, the reason why the reason why you sort of became a figure on Twitter was because of this whole controversy that occurred when mm -hmm. uh, you got selected to go to the Suns VIP game five. Um then you got the number one serial, Chris Paul, the following day. And yeah. I guess it became more common knowledge that you used to be a mod on the Discord and everyone just cried foul. So yeah. I, just, I wanted to get just like your experience on that and what was it like and like how bad did it get for you? And, and did you also feel like the opposite as well during that time? Yeah, so, you know, before winning the giveaway, I had maybe like two or 300 followers on my Twitter Nobody knew who I was, except for some of the more active people on the Discord or whatever, right? Um, so I win the giveaway, and then I win the Chris Paul moment. And, like, I, ha I knew that there were a lot of people, you know, spreading controversies about other things that had happened in the past. And when I pulled that Chris Paul, I freaked out because it was the first, you know, number one serial I'd ever pulled. And then I sat down here, and I was like, well, this isn't good because... I know that there's people out there that are going to think that this is, you know, a scam or it's rigged or whatever. So I posted the tweet and I got some response like, well, why did you do that? And I was like, well, I just gave the community a head start because they're going to look anyway. Everyone looks to see who pulls these moments, right? Like I looked just a little bit ago to see who got the number one Drew Holiday. Like everyone looks and that's, you know, the, the beauty of the blockchain, right? Um, so yeah, and then I, you know, the hate started rolling in and a lot of it in DMs, but some of it was, you know, active or public tweets that everyone could see. Um, and that sucked, but most of it, or most of the response that I got from it was a community saying like, well, this is amazing. Like have so much fun in Phoenix, you know, takes, don't take a lot of pictures. Like we want to experience the, you know, the sweet through you and all this stuff. And that was really cool. And you know, I got so much more love than I did the hate. So it was really easy to just not worry about it. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of how that went. Okay. So then you got, you got the hate, but it didn't really affect you that much. It seems. I mean, it, it did a little bit, like it's hard to ignore, right? Like 
you can uh, block the people that send it, but you don't know like who's sending you hate until you get it and you read it. Right. So um, it sucked a little bit, but, and honestly, like going to Phoenix, like I was a little worried about meeting the collectors there. Cause there's like eight of or seven of other ones. And you know, I'm, I studied economics in, in college. So I'm, I'm a math guy. Right. So I'm just thinking to myself, well, the amount of people that I'm getting love from the amount of people that I'm getting hate from, there's a decent chance that one of them is one of the haters. Right. So, um, I was really nervous to meet them all and they couldn't have been nicer to me. Like everyone was super awesome. Meeting collectors in real life is, is awesome. And you got to get the, you know, you got to experience it whenever you can. Um, and you're seeing it with the other winners of the other giveaways too. Like, you know, they are talking about how they talk to collectors in person and how great the community is outside of social media and it, you know, I experienced the same thing, and it's it's awesome. And and you are uh, you go to all the Orlando Magic games, um, pretty much, yeah. So how did that? How did this game compare to to a normal game that you go to? Was this just like way past any normal experience oh, yeah. you have at a game? Yeah, and um, I mean, the closest thing I can compare it to is when the Magic won the Eastern Conference Finals in '09. Like I was there for all those playoff games. Um, that was versus Celtics, wasn't it? Uh, no, the the Cavs. Oh, was it? In- they beat they beat the, the the Celtics in the series before that. The conference semis were okay. Okay, the semis that they beat them. Yeah, and then they lost to the Celtics the next year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I remember beating the Cavs and how crazy the city was and how electric the arena was. But somehow, Phoenix was like ten times crazier. Like I. I, it, it blew me away, right? Like, I, I think when it hit me the most was during Giannis's first free throw, and they started doing the the count up, if you will. Yeah. And I thought that was like watching that on TV. I thought it was the stupidest thing because, um, like, yeah, obviously he's gone over the ten seconds before, but these people are counting so fast, and I was like, well, why are you doing this to the guy? Like, he's 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 following the rules, whatever. And hearing it live. It's just like, okay, I, I understand why you guys are doing this now because it's impossible to block that out if you're at the free throw line. I don't care who you are, right? And um, I, I sent you a video of it if you want to pull it up, but the video doesn't do it, do it justice at all. Like, it's so loud in there. Like my ears were buzzing for days after, and it was just, it was crazy. And we're in a suite too, right? Which is kind of like blocked off a little bit. Right. Um, so yeah, I can't even imagine being like in the actual crowd where it's just all around you. It's just, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. That's amazing. And I remember I saw you on the, on the Moment Ranks podcast and you were talking about, um, you were talking to Jacob and Jacob was actually giving you some advice about like, mm. about what to tweet about when you're in these kind of tough scenarios yeah. on Twitter. And I actually remember too, when you posted the photo of yourself in front of the mirror and you said, something oh, yeah. like, if I'm going to get hate, I might as well look good doing yeah. it. And I was like, Hmm, <laughs> I think, I think that's a little bit like putting gasoline on the fire. Do you, yeah, that was you would you take that tweet back now if you could? <laughs> yeah, I would. But like, I, I honestly wasn't trying to troll. So I was getting all this attention 
right? All these new followers and nobody, I, nobody knew what I looked like, right? So um, my wife and I went shopping for clothes and stuff so she can make me look good for all these pictures and all this stuff. Like she made a huge deal out of it for me. And um, obviously I was like way overdressed. Like if you look at the pictures, like I'm there like a nice button down, slacks and all this stuff. No one's wearing jerseys and t-shirts or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so I took the mirror selfie just so people could see what I look like, whatever. The caption is what did me in though, right? Like yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that for sure. And not, <laughs> like I said, that was before my, uh, my advice with, or before the advice that Jacob gave me for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't handle that as well as I could have. Um, and then, again, like that was the first time that I'd ever experienced something like this. So it was learning. I learned a lot from it for sure. And I, uh, you know, talked to Jacob that same day and he basically was saying like, just don't tweet anything about it. Like just ignore it and, you know, let it die out on its own. Right. Um, and I listened a little bit, like I, I blocked some stuff out, but I still, you know, replied to some people just cause like some of the stuff that people were saying, like, I, I just felt like I had to say something. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely better now. Like I, I hardly get anything anymore, so it's all good. Yeah, it's like the news cycles. Everyone's outraged yeah. for like forty-eight exactly. hours, and then it's something mm-hmm. else. Um, yeah. But so that was just extremely an extremely lucky event, uh, chain mm-hmm. events. And I remember, oh, you yeah. bought, I remember you bought the lottery ticket afterwards. And was it? I'm actually curious if there was a part of you that thought you were going to hit. A little bit. I'd be lying <laughs> if I said that. Not only so. I uh, won the giveaway and the, I got the cereal out of the pack. But the week before, I won a board ape. Are like, you still holding that, by the way? No, no, I sold it. Um, I'll, I'll touch on that in a sec. But yeah, uh, the Bulls on the Block, which was like the first PFP project that I minted, did a giveaway. If you had like over 10 Bulls or whatever, you got entered. And, okay. You know, I just. I was automatically put into it. So I didn't really do anything. And then I saw the tweet and I looked at the address of the board ape. I was like, wait a second. I, those last four numbers, like I recognize those. Um, oh, and sure, enough, <laughs> sure enough, sure enough. Like, I got um, yeah. And I think they were worth, or the floor was like three, like, it was a floor ape. It wasn't a, any special one. Um, but I think they were worth like two to three Ethereum at the time, which I mean, that was like six grand. Yeah. It's still like, a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and then they, they pumped a little bit to like 780 Ethereum. It died down a little bit. So I sold it. Um, and then I bought another one like a week after that when they started going up again. So, oh, okay. So I sold in. that one. I don't, I don't have any apes anymore. Oh, all right. All right. But yeah, it's a good thing you didn't add that on the mirror selfie thread. Like, oh, by the way, guys, how's this? How's this? Here's my ape. I yeah. just won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, really crazy stretch of luck for me for sure hopefully it doesn't like hopefully it doesn't balance out now and like you start like closing the car door in your hand and stepping in every puddle and (laughs) but are are you are you like a lucky person outside of this kind of uh online life i mean i i never won any types of giveaways or contests before so really like this is the most luck that i've that i've ever received and um my mom's side of the family is like, we're, they're all really big gamblers. So they take trips out to like Atlantic city all the time. And I remember my first experience playing at Caesar's palace. 
was like, why do you guys like doing this? Like we're, we're blowing all this money playing let it ride and craps and all this stuff. And like, I lost my ass there. Like this sucks. <laughs> like, I don't want everyone to do this again. But then we go back like a couple of years later and um, I can't remember what we were playing. I think it was three card. And um, I, I, I pull like three jacks in my hand, which was like a thousand dollar hand, just like that. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And now I understand why you guys do. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I've, I'm gen- just generally lucky. I'm a white dude living in the USA. Like, <laughs> That's true. Right. You already uh, kind of hit the lottery being a white dude in the USA. Um. <laughs> so there's that. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it's just a normal, normal life for me luck wise not anymore though i mean clearly i have i've got something going here so yeah i know clearly is there is there anything else to share about that vip experience because um one thing that i was talking to with one of my twitter pals um he was Mm -hmm. he was questioning like how closely knit the nba and top shot are because he said he's worked for companies in the past that could could create that experience just with the right amount of money. Like they can get you, sure. you can get the Budweiser suite. You can get the Budweiser employees on the floor. Did it feel, was there like something extra that you felt like, wow, this is something yeah. that feels different? Like, no, that, that makes total sense. I could have just bought, you know, whatever they wanted to with the crazy money that they have. But the Phoenix employees that we met, like they made us feel important. Um, like they went out of their way to, to show us certain things that I'm sure regular people probably wouldn't be able to do like being able to take pictures with the Western conference trophy and touching uh, Booker's three point shootout trophy, which that wasn't even a part of the, like the itinerary originally. Like they literally said like Devin Booker just said like, Hey, like, do you want to take pictures with this? Like <laughs> that's crazy, right? Like that's not something that you do just because you get paid. Like, you know, it just, it, it really did seem like the NBA and top shot are like one there and, yeah, like I said, we, we felt like VIPs the entire time. They they treated us with the utmost respect and like we felt like royalty. It was crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. What do you what do you look forward to on Top Shot? Like do you have anything that you're kind of looking forward to in terms of what you feel like they're gonna progress into doing or or rumors well, of yeah. what's coming for S3? Yeah, so I mean all of the the winners in Phoenix were talking about how like this Top Shot Suite needs to be in all the arenas next season. Yeah, and the fact that they were speaking with other teams in the playoffs when when they started, like Brooklyn and LA and, and other teams like that, um, clearly they have these relationships with these teams. So I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but I I do hope and expect to to you know go to Magic games this next season and and you know get to do some really cool stuff that I had never done before. Um, like I've never sat courtside before. I uh, never met the Magic players, really. I went to, like, Pat Garrity's camp when I was, like, seven. So I got to meet him. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't done that I'd really like to. And I think Top Shot will be the way to do that. I'm 100% confident that, that that's the way to do it, for sure. Yeah, it's feeling more and more like that. It would be fun to, to play Knockout versus Markel Fultz. Oh, God. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean... He doesn't have the best three-point shots. So that actually might be the best person to go up against, right? Um, but, yeah, like, seeing people play basketball with NBA players, like, those video, when those videos came out, I was just sitting down. I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. Like, I'm so jealous of these people right now. And, like, 
when we were in Phoenix, um, Jacob was saying that like if COVID wasn't a, a thing, like we would have been able to play basketball on the, the Phoenix Suns court, right? Wow. Um, I mean, it was still insane that we got to walk around it at all, right? And you know, I, I went and stood where Jay Crowder stood when he threw the alley oop to Aiton, like. I, it was surreal, right? Like it, it didn't feel real at all. And um, yeah, if, if, you know, all of us who are collecting our, our favorite team players and the team sets and stuff, um, I hope that we, you know, everyone gets a chance to do that at least once this season. For sure. I'm a big Celtics fan. I'm currently outside of the U S though, but um, yeah. yeah, it'd be great if they, if they release like a common Kelly Olenek, I'm all over that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, he, uh, he had, he had, he had, yeah, he had some he had some interesting highlights as a as a Celtic. Um, He's probably not super high on their priority list, of <laughs> yeah. but it might happen eventually. Yeah. Another thing that I saw you touch on on another interview was that you were no longer a mod, and I know that was also kind of the cause of some of this controversy that you that you. Received. Oh yeah. Um, but tell me, you you seemed like a little bit sad that you were no longer a mod, and I was curious why. What was it about being a mod that you enjoyed so much? Well, like I got in so early, and I you know, I met all the Dapper staff in Discord and talked to them for a really long time, and like I knew how great people they were and how awesome this product was going to be, and so I almost felt responsible and well, not responsible. I felt obligated to like protect the integrity of Top Shot. And like, I really tried to help out new people coming to the product and you know how, I don't know if you're in the discord much, but like the general chat is just not a fun place to be. Like you, you can talk about how great the community is or whatever, but there's the chat is just not fun. Um, so like it, it, I really took it on myself to, to try and, and change that. And I felt like I did a decent job there for a while, but it, it really got out of hand and, um yeah now it's it's staffer's responsibility now unfortunately but um yeah like the whole mod team thing getting cans like it, obviously it makes sense to think that oh you know this this stuff happened with me it was a pr disaster they're can they're can the mod team but they were planning on doing this for a long time um a lot of the mods who you know i became friends with and who were with me in the general trenches for months were you know we all got like contacted by Dapper and, and they're all like, well, we're trying to expand our, our community team here at Dapper Labs. Um, and they basically asked pretty much everyone if they would be interested in joining Dapper and work for them. So the writing was on the wall there that they were trying to pull the mods away and hire them as staff. So they were doing that all the way back in like early February. So yeah, that, that was a thing for a while. So I do think that they expedited the the process a little bit after what happened with me, but yeah, that the mod team going away was something that was always going to happen. Yeah. Um, and now, like, I want to say almost like half of the people that I originally joined with, and in, in, in the mod team are now actually working at at Dapper now. So that's kind of cool. Did you? I know that. To, did you not want to? No, I didn't. And really, the only reason is because you can't participate. Like, I joined Top Shot last year because I love to collect the product. I wanted to experience these, you know, the, 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 the in real life utility. Um, and yeah, that's really the reason why, like I have a decent size account. I want to be able to, to manage it whenever I want and stuff like that. 
Um, so I don't, I don't want to rule out ever working for Dapper in the future because I think that it's a great company and I, I'd be honored to work for them. And the fact that they even offered, you know, me an interview to, to work for them is just, it's insane to me. Um, but uh, yeah, like being able to collect and all that is more important to me right now. So that's why I didn't join. Gotcha. What, what do you do, by the way? What do you do when you're not in front I, of a computer? I, I basically do NFTs and crypto full time. So okay. Um, I graduated in 2015, Florida State, with an economics degree, and then I uh, worked at a software company that specialized in uh, market data management. Um, so I worked for them for like three years until like 2018, which that was when the the last crypto wave happened, and made a decent amount of money there. And uh, I wasn't, I couldn't focus on all the crypto stuff while having the full time job, whatever. So I quit. And uh, I've been doing that for the last two, three years now. So you're like day trading crypto or you're, or, or you're, I I, yeah, I was doing that. And then now it's NFTs. So. Day trading NFTs. Pretty much. Yep. Um, but you actually, before we started recording, you told me that you're, you took a five day breather because you, because of what happened with the fame lady squad. So tell me a little bit about how, how your strategy has oh, now changed. Well, so like, I've lived through, I don't even know how many crypto pump and dumps over the last eight, nine years. Like it's all like the patterns are all the same. Like they, the same stuff happens. Right. So I was starting to notice with these NFTs that like um, some of the projects weren't selling out as fast as they were before. Um, like the influencers tweets and all this other stuff wasn't having as big of an impact as it did before. So I kind of, I took a step back and I actually made a tweet saying, hey, you know, I, I think personally that the top of the PFP NFT market is here right now. So I'm going to like take a step back and just focus on on Top Shot for now. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't minted anything in like four or five days, which like that doesn't seem like a long time, but in this space, that's, you know, like a month or two. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't even. I think the last thing that I bought were those um, those crypto art things, which art that turned out to be, not not art blocks. So um, it's called crypto art with an e at the end of at the end art, and apparently it's supposed to be the first um, like Ethereum based NFT. Hmm. It came out in like 2018, before Crypto Kitties or whatever. It's it was generated off chain, um, but yeah, it was supposed to be the first or whatever. And some guy tweeted about it and these things have been for on sale for three years and only about 60% had sold in that three year time. And then this guy puts a tweet out and then the rest sell out in a day. So yeah, that I, uh, I'm in another like NFT discord and I got a, a tip from one of the, like the heads there about it before the, the guy tweeted about it or some other guy. So I bought a couple of those, which that, that turned out pretty good. So yeah, like these, you know, PFP NFTs, like I, I don't really care about like their communities or their, um, like their, like or what they're supposed to be used for. Um, it, it's purely just trying to profit off of them. So, so right yeah, now I sold, I sold, I bought another one and sold that one too. So, so right now you're not holding many NFTs at all then, or PFP NFTs. Well, I have some, and it's just because 
they were either um, like products that didn't do very well or just some stuff that I already made profit on. And I just want to hold for like a few years to see what happens with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I have some of the fame lady squad still. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I, I thought that was dead in the water. And now that art chick has the contract now, it apparently is revitalized. Like none of this stuff makes any sense to me at all. Yeah. So um, I just recognize the patterns from being in crypto so long. So I, I just try to do what I can there to make some money. Gotcha. Well, there's definitely, it's definitely very young and immature and volatile market. So if you, if you are recognizing trends and things like that, yeah. then it could work out nicely for you. Um, mm. All right. Very good. I mean, I think that kind of winds down to the end of our interview. I have one community question here. Is there, is there anything else you want to cover before I ask you that? Um, I think we're good. All right. So the community question is what is your favorite cereal? Apparently you can tell favorite a lot. Cereal. Apparently you can tell a lot. I don't know. I don't really agree that you can tell a lot by someone's favorite cereal, but go ahead. Favorite cereal. Sure. Um, so I don't really have a favorite, but I go through rotations. Mm. So there's like three main cereals that I like. And once I get tired of one, I'll move on to the next one. Okay. Um, right now I'm, I'm having Lucky Charms. Ooh. Uh, after that, it's usually Frosted Mini Wheats. Okay. I like those. And then... Um, those cinnamon toast crunch churros. Like I really love the cinnamon toast crunch flavor, but the actual like square cereal, it gets soggy way too fast. Mm-hmm. But the churros are, you know, nice and thick, so they stay crunchy longer. So I really like those too. All right. Well, those I mean Lucky Charms, wow, that's like a that's a throwback. I mean, that's you obviously like burn a lot of energy during your day because Lucky Charm is like <laughs> having a slice of cake for breakfast. But that's yeah, for you. it's not healthy for me. <laughs> But I don't I don't have cereal every morning. It's probably like once or twice a week, I would say. All right. Well, I used to love Lucky Charms. I would I, I always found that the, the marshmallows were so amazingly good and like the other oh, yeah. little like X's and O's or whatever, they're just they taste a little bit like cardboard. I think I would just go yeah. for the marshmallows. Yeah. So when I was younger, I don't do this anymore, but when I was younger, I would try to eat most of the grain cereal and save all the marshmallows for last. And that, that, that's just terrible. Like it, it's gross thinking about that, like eating a giant spoonful of just marshmallows, but you know, I think we all, we all did that. I don't think that's, that's yeah. not an issue, but anyways, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, making the time and uh, you, you provided some interesting insights into dealing with like the, the angry horde of people. I think, I think you have a unique take there that most don't. So thanks for sharing that with me. And yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens as well. I look forward to seeing you on the on the floor at the next opener for the Orlando Magic. Oh, I hope to be there. I mean, I'll be there, but I, yeah, I hope to be, you know, treated nicely by the Dapper staff there for sure. <laughs> That'll be cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you.